As Pete said, I am the junior high pastor here. And for some of you, you're going, what's this teenager doing up there? But I am 21, so I'm an adult, so don't worry. It's okay. And praise the Lord, it's not us, it's him speaking through us, right? So tonight, I'm super excited and honored and, and privileged to be able to share with you guys. And I wanted to talk about a topic that the Lord's put on my heart and been teaching me lately. And um, that topic is the topic of awe and wonder and um, what, it, what it means to be in awe of the Lord and to marvel and just and, and wonder of, of who he is and, and what he's done for us. So I want to start by just asking the question, when was the last time you took a minute to just sit in complete awe and wonder of and for the Lord. Just take a minute to think about it. When was the last time? And I love as Pete was singing just that, um, that song, that the spirit of the Lord is here. And that in itself should bring a sense of awe and wonder and amazement. Um, when was the last time that you just sat and reminded yourself that the God of the universe fully knows everything about you and fully loves you completely. Isn't that amazing? Just that in itself. The God of the universe fully knows everything about us. He knows our best day. He knows our worst day. He knows the things people know about us. He knows the things no one knows about us. And yet he fully loves us, not because we're good, but because, because he's good. And this is something we were discussing um, on Sunday in the junior high. And for many of us, it's easy to remember the last time we were completely in awe of, of a lot of things. Um, maybe for the junior hires, it was that, that kill on Fortnite or um, when they sank that three-pointer and some different things. But maybe for you, it's, it's that Christmas bonus or your favorite sports team or maybe seeing your children accomplish something that just left you in awe and wonder. There are many things that are constantly fighting to capture our attention, to capture our awe, to capture our wonder in, in the world around us. And, and too often, we let those things do that instead of taking the time to stop and just stand in awe of how truly awesome God is. Um, one of the theologians in the 1500s during the time of the Reformation he said, I think he said it best, but he said that, that our hearts are constant idol factories, that we have this propensity to turn good things like successful career or, or love or material possessions or even family, and we take those good things and we turn them into ultimate things, and we try to find our, our joy, our satisfaction, our completion in those things instead. And any time a good thing turns into a God thing, we know it's, it's a bad thing. And it ends up hurting us and, or those around us. So what do we do? What do we do when we see things fighting for our attention, fighting for our awe, fighting for our, our wonder and our amazement? Well, author and speaker and writer, Paul David Tripp, I think he said it best. He said, only when awe of God rules your heart will you be able to keep the pleasures of the material world in the proper place. So when that, 
that wonder and awe of God truly rules our heart, we're able to keep those other things in the correct place. And many of the problems in our life aren't what they seem to be, but they're really just problems of wonder and of awe. So tonight we're going we're gonna to read through Psalm 145. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there with me. Psalm 145 is a, is a psalm of David. Um, and I'm reading in the ESV, if you guys have electronic Bible or whatever it may be. If, if I threw you off, I'm so sorry. Um, but Psalm 145, it says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness for they shall pour forth the frame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. Verse 10, all your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of men your mighty deeds and your glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all Look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You're o- you open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him and all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. I was reading through this psalm as I was studying and, and um, the first thing I want us to, to look at and just remind ourselves is the psalms that David wrote were actually songs that he was singing. So the tone and, and, and everything that's coming is actually David was singing. And these aren't just words that he was writing down on paper, but they were expressions of what was actually happening inside his heart. He was, he was passionately singing aloud these, these, different, these different verses. And that led me to ask my, the question to myself of, of why did David write this? Why did, why did he write this psalm? In other words, what was happening in David's heart that stirred up and erupted all of this praise? Well, the first thing we know is that the Holy Spirit inspired him to write this. 
Um, and how do we know that? Well, it's in our canonized scripture. Uh, it's what we have in our scripture. And 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture is, is literally breathed out by God. And so we know that God, the Holy Spirit, breathed words of love directly to us through his instrument and servant David. Like God breathed these words out to us through David. Which, when you take a second to just think about, is truly mind-blowing. It's amazing. The God of the universe, who's absolutely holy and perfect and in every way, chose to speak to sinful men and women like you and me. And why? Why would the God of the universe choose to do that? Well, for no other reason than his pure love, amazing grace, and, and that he would ultimately get glory. Like the God of the universe created all things, who's in all things, chose to speak to us and through David. And we see that the Holy Spirit speaking through and inspired David to write this. And, and that's absolutely 100% true. But I think there's more to it as well. And see, I don't think David, when he was writing this, knew that the Holy Spirit was inspiring to write it for Scripture. See, what I think David knew was just simply that he was at a place of awe and wonder and just singing out before the Lord. He didn't know one day this would be written down and put into Scripture and, and that we would be reading it today. And how do I know that David was just in complete awe and wonder before the Lord? Well, looking back again at Psalm 145, just look at the vocabulary and the words that David uses. Verse 1, he says, I will extol you, my God and my King. I will bless you forever and ever. In the back of my head, I hear like the sandlot. He's like, forever, you know? You tell me you know how I passed you, but that's what it is. But no, when was the last time you used the word forever and ever? Like, there's, there's, there's awe, there's wonder bursting out. He's like, I will extol you, I will praise you forever and forever. Look at his vocabulary in verse two. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. There he goes again. He's praising God for forever and ever. Verse three, he says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Three times in one verse, he's talking about how great God is. He's, he's great. He's greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Literally, you'll never be able to find it all out. It's com truly, completely unsearchable how great our God is. That's amazing. We could spend every day of our life searching and never fully understand the depths of all of God's greatness. Verse 5, he says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Look at that vocabulary again. Glorious splendor, glorious, and of majesty. And of your wondrous works, literally works full of wonder. Here's the key. He says, I will meditate. And I know it's so easy for me in the culture and time we live 
to be constantly distracting myself. We live in a day where it's normal to constantly distract yourself. But yet, here David, he's meditating on on the glorious splendor and majesty and on God's wondrous works. See, the Lord's done wondrous works in, in all of us. And he's doing them through us even sometimes, which is more amazing. But he was choosing to reflect and to meditate on that. Verse six, they shall speak of your might and your awesome deeds and will declare your greatness. Speak of your might and your awesome deeds. Here again, literally deeds full of awe, awesome deeds. And if I'm honest with you guys, I truly believe the Lord is always doing awesome deeds all around me. But too often, I'm just too busy to notice or to stop and to actually marvel. Like, we, we woke up this morning by pure grace. We didn't wake ourselves up. But when was the last time we stopped and marveled at, at waking up in the morning or, or just all that God's given us throughout the day? Verse 8 and 9 are two of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he's made. The Lord is gracious and merciful, giving us what we don't deserve and not giving us what we do deserve. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I'm so thankful the Lord slowed anger. Praise the Lord for that. So thankful for that. Again, the vocabulary is crazy. Abounding in steadfast love. I don't know if I've ever actually used the word abounding in a sentence before, unless I was trying to sound like super spiritual in something. I don't, I don't ever use the word abounding often. But listen, God's word tells us that the Lord's steadfast, faithful love is abounding. And you may be sitting here saying, well, you don't know what I've done or where I've been. And you're right, I don't. But I know what God's word says. And that God's love for us that is abounding is not based upon what we do or do not do, but it's based upon what Jesus has already done. And he's done it all for us. And that's the good news, the good news of the gospel, that it's not based upon our works and what we can do, but it's based upon his grace and what he's already done for us. Timothy Keller once said, the gospel, this good news is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. But at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I love that. I'm going to read that again because every time it just blows my mind. The gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. But at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. That's the gospel. That's the, the good news of what he's done for us. And we can just sit and we can marvel at that. Verse nine, we'll keep going. He says, the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. He's good to all. 
and his mercy that not giving them what they deserve is over all that he has made. And we could keep going throughout this whole psalm and looking at the, the beautiful language David's using. And again, he's not writing down, but he's singing out and, and praising the Lord for. We don't have time, but I even encourage you guys on your own time to continue through it because it's, it's beautiful. But I think these nine verses was enough to, to prove my point that David was in awe and of wonder of the Lord. And please, I want to encourage you guys tonight to allow yourself to be in awe and wonder of the Lord. It's something that's okay to do. It doesn't have to be perfect and routine and manufactured. But what the Lord does inside of us, he does in us so that he can pour through us. And sometimes that awe and wonder needs to be produced in us by the Holy Spirit so it can pour out through to those around us. crazy. I'm reading, I'm reading this book right now. And the author, he talks about um, just the church in general and the church in America and just some different things. Um, but in, in the book, he's talking about how many times we leave church excited that the worship was so good or that our favorite band was playing or that our favorite teacher was teaching that Sunday. But yet so many times we leave church oblivious to the fact and, and we completely miss out that the God of the universe wanted to speak to us that morning. We can make it about the music. We can make it about who's talking. And we forget that, that God was there to meet with us. And he meets us through his word. And even tonight, as we open God's word, the point of reading God's word isn't just to read it. But as we, we read God's word, we meet and we, we see the God of the word the one who comes out and wants to meet and speak to us. So as we close up, I just want to leave you guys with, with one verse out of Ephesians that we can just kind of ponder and marvel and think at, about as we enter again to the time of worship. But it's Ephesians 2, verse 13. And I love the way the NLT says it. Um, Ephesians two thirteen. it says, But you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far off from God, but now you have been brought near to him through his blood. We were once far off, but we've been brought near by his blood. And, and to the believer today, to those of you today who come and you know Jesus, let me encourage you, don't ever outgrow the wonder and the awe of the cross. See, the cross isn't something we, we outgrow or we move past, but the cross is something that we, we grow deeper into. See, as we understand more of our own sinfulness, we understand more of the grace of God that's covered our sinfulness and what Jesus truly did for us on the cross. As it says, through the blood of Christ, you have been united to Jesus Christ. Think about that for just a second. You have been united with the God who, in Peter tells us, dwells in unapproachable light. That's mind-blowing. We've been united with the God who dwells in unapproachable light. And listen, for the, that's true for the believer today, but maybe it's your first time here or you came and, and you don't know Jesus. Let me tell you that you can today, that he came and he died and he lived the perfect sinless life in your place. He died the perfect death that we all deserve. 
And then he rose from the dead, showing that he was stronger than Satan, sin, and death. And he's reigning forever with the Lord now. He's reigning forever. And, and you too can come to know that union with Christ and to be united with him by simply surrendering and crying out for forgiveness. And so as we enter back into this time of worship, let me encourage you guys to do as David did in this psalm. Let's sing full of awe and wonder because we have a truly awesome God. The songs that we sing so often, I, I don't, like, I'll be singing them and, and I know the tune and I know the lyric and it just kind of flows together. But I can get done with the song without even thinking about the whole words of the song and what they mean. But as we continue in worship tonight, as we continue to wait on the Lord, let's make this time to just simply meet with the God of the universe because he's here to meet with us. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are truly awesome. Lord, as David was just singing out in this psalm, Lord, of just how amazing you are, Lord, I pray tonight that you would blow our minds with your grace. Lord, you would blow our minds in amazement and wonder of of who you actually are. Lord, though we know we'll never fully understand the depths and, and the richness of your goodness and your grace and your mercy, Lord, I pray tonight you would reveal to us in a new way, Lord, just who you are, Lord, who, who we are, God, and, and what you've done for us. Lord, though we're more sinful than we could ever know, Lord, we thank you that we are more loved than we could ever imagine, and that's only because of the blood of Jesus. Lord, so as we continue in this time of worship and as the the communion elements come out, Lord, I pray that we would truly remember the cross. We'd remember what was done for us, Lord, the, the blood that was spilled in your body that was crushed, Lord, and that we would rejoice knowing that our sins are forgiven, that though we were once once, um, Lord, just stained with sin, you've, you've washed us white as snow. Lord, so um, come and fill this place. Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, and, and may we just sit in awe and wonder of who you are tonight. We just lift all these things in your name.